At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. I love cooking and eating seasonal food because for me, it's a unique way to be in tune with what's going on in nature. Hi, this is Play Me A Recipe. I'm Danielle Pruitt coming to you from my kitchen in Houston, Texas. Today, we'll be making wild mushrooms with sweet corn grits, which is linked to the show notes and on food52.com. We'll be chopping, boiling, sauteing, stirring, doing everything together. So feel free to hit pause or jump back using the podcast chapters if you need more time. I think what's so special about this recipe to me is that it's truly seasonal. I love cooking and eating seasonal food because for me, it's a unique way to be in tune with what's going on in nature. And I love that this recipe highlights the ingredients found at the tail end of summer. It's got sweet corn, roasted hatch chilies, and wild mushrooms. So most people think of wild mushrooms as being either a spring or fall thing, but there are actually a lot of mushrooms growing throughout the summer. And especially here in Texas, we get chanterelles popping up like crazy if we get enough good rain. And so I do a lot of foraging. This is a recipe I love making with chanterelles because they have this unique sweet fruity aroma that just exudes whenever it's paired with something naturally sweet like the corn. But you can also use other mushrooms and in fact today I'm using oyster mushrooms because I went foraging yesterday and my season literally just ended. So you don't have to use chanterelles. You can use a variety of different things. Oysters are really nice because one they have this great texture and this fan shape that can get really brown and crispy but they're also great because they have a little bit more of a mild flavor and I think it just pairs really nicely with these grits so that's um, sort of a backstory to what this recipe is and uh, we can start gathering all of our ingredients and start prepping I'm gonna run us through all the ingredients that we need and the measurements or the amounts, and then I'll go through it more in depth as we start prepping it. So for the mushroom portion, we need about a pound of wild mushrooms, one tablespoon of oil, two tablespoons of butter, two cloves of garlic, half a teaspoon of dried oregano, a quarter teaspoon of cumin, the juice of half of a lime, some cilantro chives to garnish, and six to eight large eggs for soft boiling. For the sweet corn grits, we need a tablespoon of butter or oil, half of a small yellow onion, one cup of grits that are not instant, three cups of water, two corn on the cobs, a quarter cup of diced roast hatch chilies, so I'm using about two smallish medium-sized hatch chilies, a teaspoon of coarse sea salt, and a quarter cup of feta cheese. 
All right, so for this recipe, you will need about a pound of wild mushrooms, and that could be a mix of different things. Um, again, I'm using oyster mushrooms, but if you can't find that, any mushroom will do. Um, and so what I like to do after they've been cleaned, and I'll give the caveat that I don't like washing them underwater unless they absolutely have to be rinsed underwater if they're really gritty, but then you have to really dry them out very well. Um, and so I really try to brush them clean. That's because mushrooms are like sponges. They'll hold a lot of water. And when you go to saute them, they'll get really rubbery and soggy. And you don't want that. You really want to develop all of those mired reactions and flavor. So keep your mushrooms as dry as possible. And I'm actually not even going to chop them. This is a great thing that you can get your kids involved with in the kitchen because I just use my fingers and I just kind of tear the mushrooms apart. And the reason why is because it provides these lovely little nooks and crannies. It's instead of like a clean straight line from the knife and it just browns better. It'll like capture the sauce and the, and the garlic and all the other things going on. And so I just think it is also really pretty to look at when it's cooked that way. And then in addition to mushrooms, you'll need about a tablespoon of oil, that's for cooking the mushrooms, about two tablespoons of butter. And if you don't wanna use butter, I really like using clarified butter instead of a blend of oil and butter, but oil and butter is a, a really nice combo. And then you'll need two cloves of garlic and we'll mince that. I'm one of those people who reads a recipe and they say, okay, two cloves of garlic, and then I automatically start chopping four cloves of garlic. <laughs> but for this recipe, I really am just using two cloves. And then we'll also need some dried oregano, half a teaspoon, and then a quarter teaspoon of cumin. We'll also want some fresh squeezed lime. I just use half of a lime uh, squeeze, so about a tablespoon or so, and then to finish, we'll garnish with cilantro chives, and then I also love topping this with soft boiled eggs. So that's the ingredients you need for the mushroom portion. And for the sweet corn grits, we're actually going to use sweet corn. Instead of cutting the kernels off of the cob, we're actually going to grate them. And this is really a great way to sort of make the corn um, you get a lot of juices out of it and you sort of like just kind of mash it, but it's not totally pureed. Um, if you don't have fresh corn, you can totally use like canned sweet corn for this recipe. Um, I need two whole corn on the cobs for this. And so that'll come out to about a cup and a half worth of the creamed corn if that's what you're gonna use instead. So I've got mine in a husk, so I'm taking the husks off and removing the silks, which if you're doing this at home, the best way to get the silks off is to grab all the silks at the very, very top and in like one handful, pull it all down. If you just only grab like half or a few, then you're just gonna get like silks all over the place and that's really frustrating. All right, so I have um, a box grater. I'm gonna grate this sweet corn using the box grater. all the way around. You want to just sort of get the kernels. You don't want to get too far in there where it gets just sort of that waxy exterior. You don't, 
that gets stuck in your teeth and nobody likes that. So there we go. So you're gonna do this to two whole cups and there should be lots of juice. And I probably should have mentioned before you got started, you're gonna get a lot of liquid coming out of these kernels, um, a lot of juice. So I grate this over a bowl. Hopefully you didn't start doing this on your countertop and then realize you got corn juice everywhere. All right, so we've got our corn. We will also need some roasted hatch chilies. And what's really special about this is that roasted hatch chilies um, are a product of New Mexico. Um, it's just sort of a staple in Southwest cuisine, but they're really only are in season for a couple months out of the year. So when you can get them fresh, it's really a special treat. But if you can't get hatch chilies, you can substitute these with poblanos. They're a little bit more mild, but you can use poblanos or you can use canned hatch chilies or green chilies. And these came roasted. Uh, my grocery store has this big, big barrel that they're in and it spins around over an open fire and so they just get really nice and charred and smoky and I just love the flavor that it adds to this. So you can blacken your poblanos at home over a burner or over a grill, peel that black skin away and then we're gonna slice it and chop it, finely chop it. So I like to have some texture in these grits but you don't want it so chunky that you're just getting like, like big chunks of stuff. So give it a, a good fine chop here. In fact, I'm almost kind of mincing mine. A rough, rough, coarsely minced, I should say. Finely chopped, coarsely minced. All right, we'll set that to the side. So we've got our corn, we've got our hatched chilies. Now we can't make grits without grits. So we have one cup of grits and these are uh, regular old grits. They are not instant grits, although you can use instant grits, but just keep in mind the cook time will be uh, much, much shorter. And then we also have some sea salt. You need three cups of water. And then finally, some yellow onion. So I add this yellow onion in here just to add a little bit of savoriness because the grits are just so sweet as it is. You want a little bit of savoriness. So I'm gonna take a small yellow onion, cut it in half, peel this outer layer off, and then we're also gonna finely chop this onion. And again, I'm gonna just give this um, a little quick chop up here, or coarsely mince it. And I just don't want my grits to be too lumpy, but a little texture is nice. Okay, all right, there we go. One last thing that you need for the grits is some feta cheese. I think this is an optional step, but I would recommend it if you do like cheese. Add a quarter cup of feta cheese at the very end of cooking these grits, and it adds just a really nice tangy flavor to sort of counterbalance that sweetness. And now we can get moving forward with the actual cooking portion. Okay, now we can get started with the cooking. We'll begin with soft boiling eggs. I think eggs are, they're optional, but I think they're really nice, especially on a meatless meal. I just like to have a little bit of extra protein and um, something a little more fulfilling. And I just, I just love soft boiled eggs. And so this is my tried and true method for making it. I've got 
about four eggs here. I aim to serve one to two eggs a person. So however many eggs you um, want to soft boil. You can do this step early, ahead of time. I like to do this like a day ahead of time and I just keep soft boiled eggs in my fridge. But we'll start by boiling the water. And while this water is boiling, I'm using large brown eggs. And I think it's important to mention that I don't get real scientific here with the process. I literally just take the eggs out of the fridge while I'm waiting for the water to boil. So they're still cold. They're, they're not ice cold, but they're not at room temperature either. So I'm going to drop them into the water when it reaches a rolling boil. And I say carefully ladle these in because sometimes they hit the bottom and like to crack and that makes me sad. Okay, once all of your eggs are in, set a timer, six minutes, 45 seconds, all right? That is my um, secret time for perfect soft boil eggs. So while we're waiting for this to boil, I'm going to go ahead and get an ice bath ready to dunk these in uh, before I peel them. So we'll see you back here in just a few minutes. And we're back. This is Play Me A Recipe. I'm Danielle Pruitt and today we are making wild mushrooms with sweet corn grits. We're coming back to the point where I've got some eggs boiling in water. Oh, that is my timer six minutes and 45 seconds are up so i am going to kill the heat on this stove top and then take these eggs out i already have an ice bath ready to go for these eggs there we go and i'm gonna let it just hang out here for a couple seconds it doesn't take very long. I um, I don't like to let it soak in ice cold water for a very long time. I feel like the longer and colder it gets, the harder it is to peel. I kind of just like to leave them in there for like 20, 30 seconds so that they're cool to the touch. I think they're just easier that way. Okay. And so the best way to peel, I'm already gonna peel one of these bad boys, is I like to tap it in little taps little little uh, taps all the way around the shell top to bottom left right sides the whole thing you basically want to create tiny little bitty fractures all the way around and then I even kind of squeeze it a little bit with my fingers so that you've got like like the whole thing is shattered kind of and then I start to peel one little piece of it and then all you have to do instead of trying to peel off all of these tiny shattered pieces, get a hold of that little tissue that's in between the shell and the egg. And once you grab that, you can like take this whole egg and get it clean in like one foul swoop. It's really easy. And then I drop the eggs back into the ice water to finish cooling. And then I'll peel the rest of the eggs like that. All right, once you have all these eggs cracked and peeled, then you are ready to move on to the next step, which is cooking the grits. So for the grits, I'm actually using the same pot that I boiled the eggs in. So you need a, a medium sized pot because um, this will, you know, come out to about two or three cups worth of grits or maybe four cups. It'll 
double, triple in size. So make sure you have a big enough pot and I'm gonna go ahead and get it hot. Got my burner on about a medium high heat. And I like to just sort of let this sit here for a few minutes till it gets hot before I add um, any oil to the pan. Instead of, a lot of times I used to have a bad habit of turning the burner on, adding oil, and then waiting for it to heat. Um, you're sort of slowly cooking the oil and it's better to add the oil right before you cook. It can uh, oxidize, break down the oil faster, I guess you can say. Okay, so when your pan is hot, add about a tablespoon of oil, or you could also use butter, which I'm actually gonna decided to use because I'm using butter in the mushrooms anyway, so why not? Okay, so when the butter is foamy and melted, then you'll add your onion. So I like try to add it in there and spread it out evenly across the bottom of the pot. And then once it's down, I just leave it down. It can be so hard or tempting to just constantly stir things when we're trying to brown or, or saute them. You gotta give it a little time and be patient and let it do its thing. So I can already see some of the edges are starting to get golden in color, just slightly. Now I'm gonna give it a stir. And then again, leave it alone. Mm, I just love the smell. I love onions. I love all aromatics. I think that's one of the best parts of cooking is getting to smell things. It's such a funny thing that we often overlook. The ability to smell really good food. I hope you're cooking along with me and you're thinking the exact same thing. Okay, so I just gave it a little stir again and I'm gonna leave it alone. It's starting to soften. It's starting to get slightly golden in color. If yours is scorching, turn that heat down. If it's um, just staying white but soft, that might mean you've um, got too small of a pot and there's not enough space for that liquid to evaporate, so they're technically sweating. Um, so just kind of keep an eye on it and see what's happening. All right, mine are starting to look really nice. Gonna give it one more stir. So I don't want these to be like too brown and I don't want them to caramelize and be too sweet. There's sort of this happy medium and really there's no right or wrong answer to what you're looking for. I think it just depends on knowing what you want the outcome to be. Caramelized gives you an extra sweet flavor and I've got a lot of sweet from the corn already. And I don't, I don't want it to get too dark and too brown colored either. I just want kind of a happy medium. So it's reached that spot, so what I'm gonna do is add water, and this will kind of stop the cooking process and release any of those brown bits from the bottom of the pan. There we go. And now, since the chilies are already roasted, there's no need to saute them again. So now that there's water in, I'm gonna add my chilies. I'm going to add those corn cob kernels that we grated and stir that in. Stir it in until it's blended. I'm gonna add a teaspoon of sea salt. This is kosher sea salt, coarse. And then last but not least, I'm going to, with a fork, um, stir in the grits. 
there we go and uh, there you have it <laughs> so we're gonna let this come to just a gentle simmer and then I'm gonna reduce the heat to the very lowest setting and I'm actually gonna shift this over to a different burner on my stove if you're like me chances are you're actually already cooking on the front right burner or maybe it's the front left burner most companies make those burners the most powerful and they're the fastest to heat up and all that good stuff so most people always cook on that but I want to brown the mushrooms over that burner so I'm gonna do a little rearranging on my stove turn this heat off and then I'm gonna set the grits to a different burner and reduce the heat to low and just let them gently simmer and every now and then while I'm cooking I'm just gonna give them a little stir to make sure that they're not getting too clumpy um, and you want them to be nice smooth and creamy all right so these grits will take about 15 20 ish minutes to cook and the mushrooms I'll cook while they're cooking but they only take about maybe 10 minutes or so. And so we have a, about 10 minutes here. I like to use this time to sort of pick up around the kitchen. So I'm gonna do that and we'll see you here in about 10 minutes. And we're back. This is Play Me A Recipe. I'm Danielle Pruitt. And today we are making wild mushrooms with sweet corn grits. So we are now ready to start cooking our mushrooms. Um, we've been letting our grits slowly simmer and occasionally giving it a nice stir so that it stays creamy and not get clumpy. Um, gonna turn the heat down a little bit on that. There we go. So I have a large saute pan that I'm gonna cook the mushrooms in and I'll preheat it to medium high. If you notice your grits are getting too hot, like it's on the lowest setting you've got on your stove, but they're still boiling too rapidly and you can't get it any cooler. Um, a trick my grandma taught me when I used to have an electric stove is to put a little metal trivet underneath it and that just lifts it off the bottom of the countertop, giving it just a little bit of air and space in between so it doesn't uh, get quite so hot. All right, so when your pan is hot, you're gonna add about a tablespoon or so of oil or clarified butter. I don't like to start with butter right away just because the pan is really hot and I don't, I don't wanna burn the butter. I like to add butter in about halfway through. So you add oil and you wanna make sure the oil is hot before you add mushrooms. Otherwise, again, they're like sponges. They'll soak up the oil and then they'll be like soggy in oil, which is also not good. It's like eating fried food when the oil is not hot enough. And you know the oil is hot when it slides around the pan like water and not like oil really quickly. And then I'm gonna spread all the mushrooms across the pan. And a pound is a lot of mushrooms. So if you don't have a really big pan, um, work in batches as you need. You don't want to overcrowd the pan. And after I put this down, you can't see what I'm doing, so I'll just sort of tell you that I've laid it down and I'm leaving it down. So you don't want to just constantly stir. You want to make sure um, that it's actually given a chance to really brown. 
And then once you see some brown crispy bits at the bottom, just give your pan a really hard shake. And then you can take a spoon and then give it a nice stir. Oh my gosh, I wish you could see this. So beautiful. One side is already getting brown. So once you give it a stir, flip it around. Now, again, just leave it alone. All right, so again, every now and then, give it a nice little stir. And at this point, it's pretty hot. I'm actually turning my pan down to about medium. These are looking gorgeous. What I love about these mushrooms is that it's all different like sort of sizes and textures and like I love the way like the little bitty bits and the ends, the ruffly ends will get really crispy and golden and then the rest, the bigger pieces are like nice and meaty. So I'd say when you're about 75% done with cooking these mushrooms, maybe like 80% done cooking these mushrooms. That's when you want to add that remaining butter to the pan. And again, reduce the heat if you need to. You don't want to scorch anything. And then we're also going to add that minced garlic. So garlic really doesn't need much time to cook. Um, within 30 seconds to a minute, it should be smelling really fragrant. And you want to give it just enough time to get kind of crispy at the bottom. Give it a nice stir, let that butter and garlic sort of blend in. And then we'll season it with our oregano. Got half a teaspoon of dried, or I, I have a big herb garden. I actually prefer to use fresh oregano. I'll just take one like big sprig and then strip the leaves and then drop that in as it's cooking. But dried oregano is also great. And then some cumin quarter teaspoon. I feel like with cumin, a little goes a long way. And remember, if you're working in batches, don't put the quarter teaspoon in the half batch. Um, do like half and half, you know, like distribute it appropriately. And now I'm going to actually season this with some salt. If you notice, I didn't tell you to salt it yet. And that's because salt will actually draw liquids out from the mushrooms. So if they haven't browned yet and you add salt and you pull that liquid out, then they're gonna have trouble getting that brown reaction that you're looking for. Um, so I like to salt at the end. And these look, I hope yours look as good as mine do. They look freaking amazing. And I can see that the garlic is toasted Everything is brown and perfect, and I am going to take this off the heat. And I can see my grits are already done. Give them another stir. Oh, these look beautiful. Okay, now that these uh, mushrooms are nice and brown, and we've seasoned them, we're actually going to add the lime juice. So squeeze that fresh lime over the top. And this is gonna stop the cooking process. 
um, and it's gonna bring all those little brown bits up from the bottom of the pan. And there's a lot of fat and butter in there. So this lime just adds a really nice counterbalance and pop of acidity, which also lends really well with those sweet corn grits. So now that you've seasoned with your lime, we are ready to plate. So check on your grits. They should be finished. Again, you wanna make sure that you're stirring through the whole process. And whenever they're finished, you want to, at the very end, taste it, season it, add a little more salt if you want. And this is when I like to add the feta cheese. So I'm scooping in about a quarter, a very loose quarter cup. You can go less if you want to. It's really up to you, do it by taste. But this is gonna add a nice little tang. And stir that in, give it a few seconds, let it melt, and, and then, <laughs> Now we are ready to eat. So we can plate, and I like to plate by scooping a big spoonful of these grits at the bottom, and then I slice open one of those eggs and let those nice yolky jammy just sort of flow out and set those on top, and then I add my mushrooms, and then you can garnish with some chives or some fresh chopped cilantro. Both are really great um, garnishes for the top of this. And then uh, you're ready to go. Okay, I have to dig in and try this. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Mm. That's fantastic. You know a recipe is a win when one, you just can't stop eating it. But also, I love all the flavors. You've got this beautiful balance of sweetness from the grits. There's a little smokiness from the chilies. That mushroom umami depth of flavor shining through. And then of course, the lime juice. Such a simple thing, but recipes often need just this tiny bit of sour to just carry out the rest of this meal. And I just feel so balanced and so beautiful. I hope you like this as much as I do. Please feel free to leave a review and let me know how did it work out. So again, you can find the recipe in the show notes and on food52.com. Thanks for joining me, Danielle Pruitt on Play Me a Recipe. Happy cooking.